As Justice Thomas wrote in yesterday's Supreme Court decision, for over 150 years, the Little Sisters have engaged in faithful service and sacrifice, motivated by a religious calling to surrender all for the sake of their brother. After the Obama administration decided to force nuns and other religious believers to violate their conscience in the service of their leftist agenda or pay heavy crippling fines, the Trump administration changed the rules to give an exemption to the nuns and others similarly situated. This outraged attorneys general of Pennsylvania and New Jersey, and now we know it outraged justices Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Sonia Sotomayor. As Justice Alito wrote, Quote, nothing short of capitulation on the part of the Little Sisters would suffice for these leftist activists. Thankfully, the Supreme Court ruled yesterday seven justices to two justices in favor of the Little Sisters. But I predict this is not over. I'm Gail Trotter, host of The Gail Trotter Show. I'm a liberty-loving, tyranny-hating lawyer based in your nation's capital. My goal is to keep you informed to be and to be your spokesman in Washington, D.C. I have three reflections that I want to share with you today about this Supreme Court case regarding the Little Sisters of the Poor. Please subscribe to my show below so you won't miss a daily episode. Hit the bell and be sure to leave a comment on what you what topics you would like me to cover next. I have these three reflections to share with you about the Little Sisters case before the Supreme Court. First, the 7-2 Supreme Court decision was a religious liberty win for the Little Sisters of the Poor and all Americans. We saw the Little Sisters have to engage in seven, seven long years of litigation, and seven is a very biblical number. The Little Sisters of the Poor are an order of Roman Catholic nuns who provide homes for the elderly poor all over the world and including in the United States. They were dragged into this healthcare battle when the Obama Health and Human Services Agency decided that they wanted to make this contraception and sterilization mandate They put it into effect and they did not exempt the Little Sisters or other groups like them. This contraceptive mandate forces some employers to offer free-to-the-employee contraceptives, and these contraceptives include some abortifacients and sterilization. This obviously violates the nun's faith to provide such coverage. There was an exemption by the Obama HHS for churches and related entities, but not for the nuns and other groups like theirs. It was a very limited exemption from the broader contraception mandate. The Obama administration fought the nuns all the way to the Supreme Court in 2016, and the Supreme Court asked the parties to figure out a way to work it out. However, the Obama administration would not back down, and they continued to implement methods that would require the complicity of the nuns and similar groups. When the Trump administration took over in 2017, they looked at the situation, they took guidance from Supreme Court cases on this contraception mandate, and they 
talked and got feedback from many religious believers across the country, they expanded the conscience protection to cover the nuns and other groups. Leftists, however, were displeased that the nuns were no longer conscripted into their agenda. They sued to block the Trump administration, and they sought a nationwide injunction against the exemption provided by the Trump administration. And you remember we talked in an earlier episode about the use of these nationwide injunctions and how they're really abused in the federal court system. And here's another example of that. The nuns intervened in this case by the attorneys general of Pennsylvania and New Jersey, and the Supreme Court took up the issue again. Quoting from a Fox News article that I'm going to link to down below, the lengthy battle waged against the Little Sisters has been a travesty, in part because it's been gratuitous. There is not a single woman identified in this litigation who has been unsuccessful in obtaining contraception. For those who don't have an option through a family member's plan, the federal government has enhanced its coverage of contraceptives and other options on the state and local level, and they also provide them at a free or subsidized basis. So my second reflection for you on this very important Supreme Court case is that the court decided the case on procedural grounds rather than religious freedom grounds. Now, this is very important because when the Supreme Court comes together, the justices, to rule on a case or controversy before it, it frequently will try to come up with the lowest common denominator of the legal justification to issue a rule in the case, a ruling in the case. So sometimes where you have some justices who think that the court should be decided a certain way, but they have a different rationale for it, they won't include that rationale in the majority opinion because they're trying to get a consensus of the correct number of justices, at least five or more, if they're trying to get more of a unanimous decision. So they'll decide the case on essentially the lowest common denominator of the legal rationale. So in this case, we had a seven to two ruling. The majority opinion was written by Justice Thomas, and there was a concurring opinion by Justice Alito joined by Justice Gorsuch. There was a concurring opinion written by Elena Kagan, and there was a dissenting opinion by Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and it was uh, agreed to by Justice Sonia Sotomayor. So the majority opinion found that the Trump administration indeed had the authority under the Administrative Procedures Act and the Obamacare ACA law to change the exemption that had been put in place by the Obama administration's HHS, especially given the Supreme Court decisions in the cases Zubik and the case Hobby Lobby. So this is a this is good that the neutral law of the Administrative Procedures Act is not being distorted in service of the leftist agenda. But Justice Alito, in his concurring opinion, he pointed out that the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which is a congressional statute, so you have the First Amendment, which is a constitutional requirement on the federal government in the states, and then you have the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which is a congressional statute to undergird the First Amendment. So Justice Alito points out that RIFRA, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, 
compels an exemption for the little sisters and any other employer with a similar objection to what has been called the accommodation to the contraceptive mandate. Justice Alito goes on to say, RIFRA broadly prohibits the federal government from violating religious liberty. Under RIFRA, the federal government may not substantially burden a person's exercise of religion, even if the burden results in a, from a rule of general applicability, unless it demonstrates that application of the burden to the person is in furtherance of a compelling government interest and is the least restrictive means of furthering that compelling government interest. So Justice Alito digs into this and he says there are three questions that you ask in this particular case. Would the contraceptive mandate substantially burden an employer's exercise of religion? The second question is, if the mandate would impose such a burden, would it nevertheless serve a compelling interest? And then the third question is, if it serves such an interest, would it represent the least restrictive means of furthering that interest? So on the first issue, is it a substantial burden? Well, if you look at the penalties for non-compliance with the contraceptive mandate, you have penalties of $100 per day for each employee if you offer health insurance that does not comply with the contraceptive mandate. If you decide not to, you decide to take away the health insurance for your employees, which is I think the opposite of what the justification for the passage of Obamacare was in the first place, it would be a $2,000 per year fine for each full-time employee of the organization. And I love how Justice Alito goes into the issue about uh, whether or not it's a sincerely held issue, a belief of the Little Sisters and similar organizations. I'm quoting from Justice Alito's opinion. It is undisputed that the Little Sisters have a sincere religious objection to the use of contraceptives and that they also have a sincere religious belief that utilizing the accommodation would make them complicit in this conduct. Justice Alito goes on to say, the government conceded that it lacks a compelling interest in providing such contraceptive access through this method. It doesn't apply to a huge, vast swath of American women. There are tens of millions of women who aren't even eligible for this. Why is that? Because it doesn't apply to women who don't work outside of the home. It doesn't apply to women who work for employers that have less than 50 employees. And it doesn't apply to women who work for church organizations or those who are on that original exemption. And there were many, many employer health plans that were grandfathered, meaning they were exempt from this contraceptive mandate as well. So we're not talking about something that affects every single American woman. Congress, in originally passing the ACA, already exempted a lot of American women from this. And to say it's compelling because it's healthcare, well, it doesn't apply to dental care, and certainly dental care has a huge import on, on women's health. And I think Justice Alito makes the excellent observation that maybe is controversial to justices like Ruth Bader Ginsburg or Justice Sotoma Sonia Sotomayor, 
But I quote Justice Alito, he says, the court has never held that there is a constitutional right to free contraceptives. So think about that. We've discussed that a lot in this show, how the left likes to airbrush constitutional rights that are in the black letter of our constitution, like the Second Amendment, and they like to invent made-up constitutional rights that are nowhere in the text of our constitution that haven't gone through the legislative process of being passed by Congress and ratified by the states. And here's yet another example that Justice Alito is pointing to that it almost seems like the left would like to assert that there's a constitutional right to free contraceptives. And I think Justice Alito makes the excellent point, quote, I would bring the little sister's legal odyssey to an end. So what happened in this case is because the court didn't decide it on the Religious Freedom Restoration Act issue, the case is being sent back down to the lower courts, and the lower courts can consider the question of whether or not the decision by the Trump administration to grant this exemption to nuns and to similarly situated plaintiffs that the decision by the Trump administration could have been arbitrary or capricious. So it's not necessarily the case that this is not going to continue to be challenged by leftists, by attorneys general of left-leaning states. And I think the third very important reflection that I want to share with you today about this Supreme Court case is that Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Sonia Sotomayor are off their rockers. They forget the fact that the nuns in this case are women too. And we're talking about their constitutionally protected and statutorily protected right to religious freedom, religious liberty. So you can hear just the absurd argument of Ruth Bader Ginsburg in this quote from her dissenting opinion. Quote, Today, for the first time, the court cast totally aside countervailing rights and interests in its zeal to secure religious rights to the nth degree. Like there's something wrong with that. Obviously, the First Amendment is extremely important. It's something that distinguishes our country historically from a lot of other countries, not just currently, but through through the centuries and the millennia. And Justice Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg goes on to say that this case is destructive of the Women's Health Amendment, meaning the contraceptive mandate. This court leaves women workers to fend for themselves. I think ultimately what Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Sonia Sotomayor, in joining with her on this dissenting opinion, they're both saying that everyone must bend the knee to the left's agenda. This is a religious liberty win for the little sisters of the poor and for all Americans. The last four justices appointed by Republican presidents have consistently voted for religious liberty. As our culture becomes more secularized and more radicalized, you can expect that there will be more efforts to erode religious liberty. This battle may be won, but the war rages on. 
I want to ask you today to join with me in praising the Supreme Court on all forms of social media for its correct decision to let the nuns serve the elderly poor without violating their faith or paying crippling fines. Also join me in praising President Trump for nominating excellent judges who respect our rights to religious freedom and religious liberty. He's appointing these excellent judges to the federal bench to protect our rights from leftist activists. Thank you so much for joining me today. Please subscribe below so you don't miss a daily episode. Hit the bell and comment down below on where you think the next lines of attack against our religious liberty are going to originate. Thanks for listening to The Gail Trotter Show, right in D.C. Be sure to sign up for her mailing list on her website, gailtrotter.com. And also, follow her on Twitter, at Gail Trotter, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe now, it's easy. Thanks for listening. Share the truth. Share The Gail Trotter Show.